Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. Well, Boker Tov, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Coffee with Vern. Welcome back. We are glad that you are here. Man, we got another special with our brother Malone. Maloney has joined us for another special so it's gonna be good Malone, how are you doing i'm sorry i just got you mid sip of coffee doing good <laughs> glad to be back on coffee with Vern. how's the baby she's she's doing well she's just sleeping and eating mm. and and pooping nice there you go. that's what we're talking <laughs> the, about the essentials <laughs> that's the flatline essentials don't you miss the days of when somebody took care of you for everything well Malone, glad that you're here, bro. We've got today and next week, right? We've got one more special after this with mm-hmm. our Love Offering for Jesus uh, kind of segment. And today we're going to be talking about a little bit of history uh, to a degree um, with Annie Armstrong um, and then Lottie Moon, right? Both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are two offerings. Uh, Malone is going to kind of give us a really a summary of what those offerings are, if you've ever wondered. Um and are those, I know you're probably going to talk about, are those Baptist oriented offerings? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. um, and so, uh, our offerings that I've heard from, I got stuck there for a minute. It's the pop tart <laughs> offerings that I've, uh, been a part of giving to and have learned about and have heard about since I was a child, um, growing up in this church, but also just being in the Baptist church. And so excited to hear about that. These are, um, two ladies that their lives sold out for the, the glory of God. And so that's why these offerings have been named after them. Um, but Malone's going to give us a detail of that. Uh, and we're just going to continue talking about what we kind of left off with last week, which is the love offering for Jesus. And if you have not tuned in the last week, go watch that episode, then come back. But very quickly, the love offering for Jesus is uh, an offering that we uh, take up uh, as a church to provide for missions. It is solely used for the sake of evangelism um, and sharing the gospel message outside of these four walls. And so it is a great cause. Um, I'm, I love the, the whole theme behind it. Um, and so we got to talk about that last week, what it is. And so if you're not a member of our church um, and you're wondering what that is, that's a quick summary. Um, but we've got Malone to open this up again with us today. Um, man, Jesse, how are you doing? Let's ask you real quick. You doing all right? I'm good. I'm I warm. mean, I'm I, today. I don't know if it's just because I woke up with just like a boom, like this is happening today, and I've just been channeled in. I was like, heck, let's not even do an introduction. Let's yeah, just get you, into it. You, you didn't talk about down. coffee. You didn't talk about anything. Hold you just on. went we'll, straight into I'll it. I'll give us an intro. That's you're because gonna, my morning started that way. You're going to throw everybody off. They're going to be waiting for some lighthearted coffee talk, and you just went, bam, right into I mean, it. Well, I'll give you some lighthearted coffee. Well, I mean, I don't care, but other people listening might yeah, care. That's, that's <laughs> just painful. We know you don't care, Jesse, because... Um, I think it is sinful that you don't drink coffee, but that's just my own opinion. And don't come at me with it because I know you will defeat me with your (laughs) one up of it and your water. But today on tap, let's see what we got. Let's taste it. It's okay. It's not bad. It's been a while since you've had a good cup of coffee in here. It's the pots. So for my coffee connoisseurs, 
I'll go ahead. This is for Jesse since he thought, you know, you didn't do an introduction. <laughs> this is Ethiopian Sidamo, a Sidamo uh, from the Leopard Forest Cafe in Greenville, and it's got notes of strawberry in it. Can you taste the strawberry, Malone? You know what? I believe I can. For real? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I'll taste it here in a second. I'm too busy tasting cherry Pop-Tarts still. It's probably that fake strawberry flavoring. I do not want to hear red it. Red dye. Uh, no, sir. Uh, the strawberry, they grow the coffee next to the strawberries. We've been over this, <laughs> Jesse. Do not ruin this. But, um, no, I the pot just, there's, I, I'm, I just I've gotten into it's the snobby high quality. ways. No, it's Mr. Coffee. It's Mr. Coffee, $15. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've gotten into the snobby ways of pour-overs and Chemex yeah. and AeroPress. And if you don't know what all those things are, that's no. like bougie coffee. And so I made some coffee last night in my Chemex that wow. Anna got me for my birthday. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing. And, but you could actually taste mm. um, the the notes of the coffee I was drinking. I was drinking Pink Lady from yes. Methodical. Well, you know, you know what, Jesse? One day, <laughs> I, my prayer is that before you die, uh. whenever the Lord calls you home, that you fall in love with coffee. Yeah, and and, uh, and but you only get a few days of experiencing the greatness of it, so that then <laughs> when you are with the Lord, you will be like, man, why did you let me only love it for a little bit of time? Well, once I'm there, I won't care. So yeah, you're right. See, there's your one up. Jesus well, Mom, we're gonna get into you so that I can be saved from this is this is daily life up here <laughs> in the upper rooms of West Acres. There you go. But Malone. I'm going to hand it over to you. You've got a you've got a little prepped lesson for us. Um, I'm excited. I, I've studied both of these in seminary and in college. You know these ladies because they are big components of missions. When you study missiology and just all about evangelism, and you learn history, you study about both of these. And so I'm excited to hear a little bit of what you've got as well. Um, but take us away, brother. Pick up where we left off last week. All right. Well, we are uh, discussing, sharing about the love offering for Jesus. That is an offering uh, within West Acres Baptist Church, and it's one offering that we do throughout the year. We promote it uh, usually at the beginning of the year like we're doing now, but we'll keep it in front of our people, especially around Easter and around Christmas and other times, especially with our mission trips, uh, just to let folks know, hey, what you're giving accomplishes uh, through our church at West Acres, um, but it's one offering that essentially helps three other offerings. That's the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, and our state missions offering. And uh, just to let you know, the Lottie Moon um, goes directly to our international missions, 100% uh, to the missionaries on the field. Annie Armstrong goes to North American missions. Just the same, 100%. Uh, the missionaries on the field, but those are three, uh, two names that we we often hear um, in Southern Baptist life. And I just want to kind of do a plug. All my information came from this book right here. Uh, we used to have this store called Lifeway. Uh, that's also <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have to write a book yes. about that. Yeah, we should. Um, but we do. We still do have Lifeway online, which I know folks are still able to go to. But I know our generation, I know folks that are older, it's just something about going, going into, into a it. store. Oh, so, yeah. so maybe one day they'll return to that. Um, going in and smelling the book. Especially helpful <laughs> for a, a 
a pastor, someone on staff, because sometimes you just need to go somewhere to get something that day. Yeah. And you're like, oh, goodness, I need a, I need another reference uh, for this. So, But this is called uh, SBC, so Southern Baptist Convention, Frequently Asked Questions. It's a ready reference. And uh, I, I picked this up probably the last year that Lifeway was still – in our area with a brick-and-mortar store. But it's by a professor I had, his name's uh, Keith Harper and Amy Whitfield. And it pretty much is just like the the cover says, frequently asked questions. (laughs) Um, So any questions you might have about Southern Baptist life, this is a great reference. Um, So you can find it online. If you're within our church you want to borrow this book, come and get it. Mm. Um, But... It goes over things like the cooperative program, Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, all those things. It even gets into details. How are these offerings dispersed? Oh, that's um, good. Percentages. You know, what does the state of Georgia do? So if you're a very detail-oriented person or if you want to know how all these things work, uh, this is a great reference. Uh, but I want to just spend a little time on the two ladies that, that we talk about um, often in our church and also throughout Southern Baptist life. And that's just something, um, you know, I don't want to be chained to tradition, but there are some traditions worth keeping. Mm. Um, so, you know, even when we talk about these offerings throughout the year here at West Acres, we say, hey, this is a, a tradition that we love, we adore, and we want to keep going uh, right. as long as it's doing the right thing, um, supporting missionaries on the field. But the first is Lottie Moon, and I don't know. I just thought about this. Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, Moon Armstrong. I don't know if there's a conspiracy theory out there for that. <laughs> uh, you know, that'll be the new social media buzz today. I mean, there's, were these ladies real? There's, um, I was about to say, feeds. there's enough uh, conspiracy theories whether we win or not, so now there's even more. And um, – if you would like to know more about these ladies outside, because I'm only going to scratch the surface, because I'm mostly talking about the offering itself. Uh, but Jesse uh, helped produce and create um, some wonderful little videos um, about these two ladies, and it coincides with the love offering for Jesus. Mm. And it's made at a child's level. Yes. And we did that on purpose because we wanted to explain it to the church. That way, when they walked out, they could actually know what we shared. Yeah. Um, well, so- we, we played it in... Um, the main sanctuary, and we played it in children's church the same days. So our hope was that the kids could go home and the parents could go home and talk about the same thing yep. at the same level. That's yeah. what Noah characterized as. Like when when he, I made Malone a cartoon. Yes. And he told me I added yep. too many gray hairs. Oh. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know who said it. They saw the new video for this past year. They're like, man, you look better as a cartoon. So, oh, no. Man. That's Mom, rough. Don't listen to that. That's not true. Lies of the my, enemy. Dad, my dad said that. Oh, oh, maybe well, he's just messing with me. the enemy. That's your dad. <laughs> so, but uh, the, the first offering is the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So when you give to Love Offering for Jesus at West Acres, 25% of, of that total offering is going to go to Lottie Moon, um, the Christmas offering. And uh, I'm just going to share briefly, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, well-known among Southern Baptists, uh, especially for those that promote it throughout the year. I think we have certain certain churches have probably moved away from it. Mm. I don't know if that's intentional or maybe that's just kind of the natural drift away right. um, from doing things. But um, it's an annual offering and allows us to support IMB, 
the International Mission Board missionaries around the world. And uh, I know we can't name some of those that within our church because right. they're serving in closed, closed, countries. closed countries. But when we give to the Lottie Moon, it supports those folks directly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's no administrative fees. Uh, the, a certain office doesn't get a cut of that. All right. of it goes directly to the field. And that's in conjunction with the cooperative program, which we discussed a little bit last week, uh, which is other funding that goes to those entities. But her name was Charlotte. I'm not sure if I'm saying her middle name right. Diggs Moon. And she became known as Lottie. She served as a missionary to China. Um, The Foreign Mission Board sent her in 1878 to the province of Shantung, um, this is another interesting fact about Lottie Moon. She was a very short woman, mm-hmm. very short. Uh, she was four four feet three inches. I don't know what you legally have to be to be considered a little person, um, but she was very short. Mm-hmm. Um, short in stature, but she was a giant there you go. in missions. There you go. Um, so she be- quickly became well-known uh, throughout the Southern Baptist Convention because she was devoted in her correspondence and support of mission work. So she was the little old lady uh, writing the letters Mm. uh, saying, hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need more. We need more. And when I was thinking about both of these ladies, it really reminds me of of the church today uh, that, yes, we are in in, in a Southern Baptist church. Uh, We believe uh, the the role of pastor and deacon, according to Scripture, is reserved uh, for for a man, for the male. But that doesn't take anything away from from women um, and their worth and right. um, all those things. But I look at this, and I'm just like, goodness gracious, it's still true today that if we didn't have the ladies in this church, they really do push the envelope on on missions. Hey, we need to be doing this. Hey, Very we true. need to be doing that. Um, so Very I true. think it's just amazing that the two uh, names that are synonymous with missions in Southern Baptist life were ladies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that has a lot to say about uh, ladies in the church, even in the New Testament, when you read about Paul, um, and, you know, the first people that he would partner with was a group of women. Yeah. <laughs> Think about Lydia. Lydia, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, if, if we didn't have our ladies in the church, we would be in trouble. Um, but it's also, uh, I want to say this delicately, our men need to learn from our ladies um, <laughs> when it comes to serving. Yeah. Um, we're, we're supposed to be the leaders in the home and in the church. Um, but we are, I, I'll say this, we're being outdone. Yeah. Um, but I, I am thankful for the, the women uh, that serve the Lord wholeheartedly um goodness i hope this podcast doesn't get canceled <laughs> i hope i don't say anything wrong um no, please. cancel culture um, please in 1887 she began urging southern baptist women to create an organization devoted to supporting the work of the mission boards sparking the creation of the women's missionary union uh, now, we don't have uh, a WMU within this church. I believe we've had one in the years past. There are some churches that still you know, have a WMU within their church, um, but that was uh, created by Lottie Moon. Um, so something else her footprint is in. But that same year, she also suggested a special offering at Christmas 
specifically for missionaries that went above and beyond existing support. So missionaries were already being supported by the Foreign Mission Board, but she said they need more. Mm. They need more. And this was coming from someone that wasn't just saying they need more. She was a missionary. Right. Uh, she knew the needs of missionaries on the field. Southern Baptist women responded, and that offering continues today, every dollar going directly to support missionaries, sustaining missionaries on the field. In 1918, the leaders of the WMU decided to call it the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. So that tradition has been going on for over 100 years. Wow. Um, it is collected in addition to the cooperative program, and again, 100% goes directly to support overseas missions work. Um, but that's where we get the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And we don't just do the Lottie Moon Christmas offering just to do the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We do it because it supports missionaries on the field. And just to go along with our theme, uh, the harvest is plentiful, mm-hmm. but the workers are few. Um, so that that's our way of supporting the workers that are there, but also mobilizing uh, more and more people um, to go out into the mission field. But uh, again, when you give to the Love Offering for Jesus at West Acres, 25% of that goes to Lottie Moon. And just to let you know, this past year, 2020, for West Acres Baptist Church, that was in the amount of over uh, close to $36,000 mm. um, that went wow. directly wow. to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. That's amazing. So, um, and we do it differently. We, we, we do promote Lottie Moon around Christmas time, but we also educate our church on love offering for Jesus, how that, how when you get to the love offering for Jesus, that helps support Lottie Moon. Um, does that take away from Lottie Moon? Are we stealing Lottie's thunder? Um, you, you might be asking yourself that question. I would say no. Um, the way we do our missions offering here is very strategic. Mm-hmm. It, makes it, it makes it more simple. Um, that way, we're not saying, "Hey, hey, we got this offering. We got to take care yeah. of." Uh, I remember as a kid, it wasn't West Acres; it was a church I grew up in, Thompson. They actually had the thermometer. Oh yeah, the and giving thermometer. Yeah. They were like, "This is our goal this year," and they would uh, color that thermometer. <laughs> and um, I just think, man, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was a creative way of of letting the church, "Hey, this is where we're at." But the way with doing LOFJ, the way we do it, it simplifies it, but it also enhances it. Right. It enhances it. Um, so we're able to throw all of that into one one offering and distribute it strategically. Um, because I think you've probably been in in the days where we had a special offering at the end of the service. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to do a special offering, and we have some generous people. Uh, that would take advantage of offerings like that. But uh, sometimes, you know, you feel like you do that too much. Uh, people feel like they're being squeezed like right. a lemon. Yeah. Um, so that that's one good thing about the love offering for Jesus. Any questions about Lottie Moon? Any comments? Mm-mm. I just think it's good you've uh, – I think it's good that you've added, you know, 100% of it goes towards missionaries internationally. Absolutely. And then Annie Armstrong, 100% here. Because uh, I heard it said – it was. It had nothing to do with these offerings, but I heard it said one time. You know, we, um, the Lord will burden us to give, and sometimes we don't know the outlets to how to give to support those missionaries. But this is one of the easiest ways because we are a hundred percent is for sure going. And yeah. you said thirty six thousand, so that's thirty six thousand yeah. that's supporting international missionaries like the ones that we have sent from our church. Right. And yeah. so, 
Um, I just think it's a great cause. I, and I fully believe 100%. Like, there's nothing sketchy behind that. Um, it's, you know, it's it's supported genuinely to support our missionaries. And as you added last week, um, you know, missionaries have to have some financial help to be able to sustain. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and we were, we just had a, a guest come in um, yesterday to, to let us know about a missionary. They're serving overseas. I won't reveal that. They're in Asia. Um, but they are pretty, I mean, excellent communicators, um, but r- consistently, I, I think, if not monthly, um, on a regular basis, always just saying, hey, we, we're right here with our budget. Um, we, we could use more help. And mm. your natural person doesn't want to keep asking for money. Right. Um, I don't want to ask for money. Um, it's, it's just not within us. So when we can take that burden away from a missionary, I mean, that's such a blessing. And really, I, if you're willing to, to, to leave um, family, leave home to serve the Lord, in a, in a place like that, that should be the last thing you yeah, have to worry about. Absolutely. Exactly. That should be the last thing you have to worry about. Yes. Um, so the next offering is the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And uh, normally, and we, we do that here at West Acres, we'll promote the offering at it, around Easter, and we'll just let folks know what it accomplishes. Um, but again, we always tie that into the love offering for Jesus. Um, but Annie, uh, Annie Walker Armstrong, she was the first corresponding secretary for the WMU, which is? The Women's Missionary Union. Yes. Um, there we go. Um, uh, I panicked for a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Chester did this like five times last year. Serving from 1888 to 1906. She took seriously the role of the auxiliary organization. Um, don't quiz me on that. Um, to promote, <laughs> well, I'll have to read, read in the book. Um, to promote missions among Southern Baptists and to advance the work of the Foreign Mission Board. Now, mm. the for, we don't call it the Foreign Mission Board anymore. Right. We call it the International, International Mission Board, IMB. So when you see those letters, that's what it is. And, and I'm just sharing that because there's probably a while if you ask me, I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, something good. Um, but uh, And then we had the Home Mission Board, which we don't call it that anymore. Right. We call it the North American, North American Mission mm-hmm. Board. Um, and I'm just giving you all a taste. This is how I teach small groups in case you're wondering. Uh, I do the Socratic method. I just keep asking questions. Uh, (laughs) But during her tenure, um, she was devoted to the Southern Baptist Convention and worked tirelessly to build networks among denominational entities. Uh, She stepped down from her position in 1906, uh, but she didn't stop serving. Mm. She she continued serving her local church. Mm. In 1934, the WMU named the annual offering for home missions after her and her legacy continues each spring as Southern Baptists give themselves to support missions at home. Um, again, Annie Armstrong Easter offering that takes care of North American missions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that takes care of uh, if you're thinking about church planning, um, th- that's real key in our strategy right now uh, in Southern Baptist life with the North North American Mission Board is we don't want to build bigger buildings. Mm. Um, we don't want to have bigger campuses. We want to create more churches. We want to plant more churches. Um, that is the strategy of our uh, North American Mission Board. So yeah. when we give to Andy Armstrong, it is helping those church planters. So if, if they're with the North American Mission Board, they can count on receiving uh, financial support um, 
I could be wrong, but I know it's at least three years um, hmm. because the goal of church planning is not to keep receiving right. funds to be self-sustainable, self-sustainable over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge help. Um, but a hundred percent goes to those guys on the field and gals. Sorry. Um, but uh, Annie Armstrong. And so when you give to uh, love offering for Jesus, 15% of that offering uh, goes to the Annie Armstrong and for our church, that was in the amount of um, $25,000 mm. um, and some change. Um, so really, really big. And, of course, you probably see our priority. We give more to international missions because it, it costs more. Yeah. Um, the farther you get away from home, the more it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two uh, big offerings that go by name that uh, if you're in the pew um, – now you know who now they you are. Know. Now, you, now know. you know what we're giving to. This isn't just some. Uh, now you know. This isn't. It, it is a tradition, but we don't do it just for tradition. Right. We right. do it because. Well, it's I mean, important to know where it comes from because it helps connect you to those causes. If you're just sitting there in a pew and you're sitting there thinking, "Well, it's time for the Andy Armstrong offering once again," who you may Andy just for, you might just not yeah. be like, "Well, you know, I could give. I don't know because I don't know where it goes." But once you know about it, it just helps you connect. I think that's a good thing. Something else that hit me um, that was, I think is pretty important is both these women, after they were done, they didn't stop serving. I yeah. thought that was huge. They just continued. I think it was David Platt that said, you should never be bored. <laughs> uh, so even if you, yeah. after you retire, if you can retire. Piper talks about that too. Yeah. He said, you as a Christian should never be bored. There's oh. always something to do, somewhere to serve, somewhere to go. Piper, uh, <laughs> one of the best, I think it was an article I think I read in college. He, uh, he straight out was like, you know, it is wrong to retire, get on a yacht and go to the Caribbean. Mm. If you call yourself a believer, because the job is not done until God calls you home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And that's that you see like in church history, especially you see so many that live that way. Um, and what I've seen, and I'm not going to get on a tangent here with this, I promise just, I, I was studying it this week, but what I've seen is as more materialistic things have come about in our culture yeah, and more attachments, um, less and less people stick to ministry until they die. It's let like, me, let me finish it until I'm tired, and then boom, God, yeah. I'm going to live with my money in retirement until I'm dead. Well, the, I mean, <laughs> this is what I studied this morning um, in the Psalms. There was a commentary. Uh, I'm in 119, so I'm going through those slowly. Um, but it was from Calvin, and he says this, and it's it just hits you like a like a gut punch. There you go. I don't I, have this. Sound. I can't. My, you, both you my hands, hands are. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it's, he you, said, brother. the great concern of the unholy and the worldly is to spend their life here easily and quietly. But those who know that they have their journey to pursue and have their inheritance reserved for them in heaven are not engrossed nor entangled with the perishable things, but aspire after that place which they are invited. Mm. And I read that this morning and I went, oof. Oof is yeah. right. Yeah, well, and you, um, just on a sidebar before we kind of, I guess, discuss what we just talked about yeah. and kind of close out, um, I think when I think of these women, I also think of another man that I had to study for missiology, Adoniram Judson, mm. um, who went and suffered immensely for the sake of missions, foreign missions. Yeah. Um, and the as you read his life and legacy, 
Uh, he did missions with the people group that he was with until he died. Yeah. yeah. Like literally until he died, he had married three women because each one had died mm. while in the mission field, yeah. uh, lost countless children, but it never kept him from going back. Like that was right. his priority. And that's kind yeah. of what Calvin, Calvin was the same way. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he can say that because, because he, he, he was that it. way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and see, and I think that goes along so well with the theme, pray, give, go, mm-hmm. when Jesus said, pray for workers, you know, and then they prayed that way and they felt the need and they, and they went. Well, and you made a great point that going is going can be defined differently the way God it, calls it you doesn't to mean, go. It doesn't mean you have to go to India. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be your next door neighbor. Yes, but if but we are still, everyone in the body of Christ from mm-hmm. the Great Commission is commanded to go. Right. Yeah. So, well, I know uh, where I take my kids to preschool, or well, Atticus right now, um, they actually have a sign that says, you are now entering the mission field yeah. when, when you leave the parking lot. There you go. So, yeah, National Hills has got that <laughs> same sign, too. That's awesome. we used to meet I mean, I, I read that and actually it's thought-provoking. Yeah, um, it is. So, But um, a- absolutely. And one other offering, and, uh, you know, it's not a, after a person's name, but it's our state missions offering. We give two state missions through the cooperative program. So when we make our contribution to the cooperative program, this is very interesting with this reference. Um, let's say we give, goodness, I'm not going to put a number on it. Uh, <laughs> don't quiz me on that. But when we make our contribution to the cooperative program, 60% of that goes to state missions. Um, then 40% goes to the convention, and it's split up. That 40% is split up five ways. Uh, 50% goes to IMB. 22% goes to North American Mission Board. Uh, 22% goes to seminaries, which uh, that's another cool thing um, about our giving to missions. This is outside of Love Offering for Jesus, uh, but when we give to the cooperative program, that allows guys like myself, James right now, um, when the Lord has called them to pursue uh, ministry and uh, I th- I've often heard if, if you've been called to, to preach, you've been called to train, uh, to be trained. Um, so uh, it helps that uh, cost of seminary. Yeah. It actually cuts the price 50%. Well, it keeps our seminaries going. Yeah. You know, so it keeps them from closing down. Yeah. Because it's very expensive to go to school. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we do give state missions through the cooperative program, but they also have a state missions offering that's set up the same way that we give to the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And 100% um, goes to missions on the field versus having, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when, when you do other ways, you don't have this much going to this administrative office, this much doing this, this 100% goes to the field. So, right. Um, and that's really set up strategically. Um, it's set up, we're an Acts 1 8 church. Um, so, when we say that, um, we get that from. The book of Acts, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 8, uh, it says, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's Jesus talking to his disciples. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's kind of a model um, that we've adopted here, and many other churches do that, um, where we say, hey, missions is what you just said. Missions isn't just going to India. Mm-hmm. Missions is home. Um, it's a little further from home, so we'll, I guess you could say, hey, we're going to serve here at 555 Gibbs Road in Evans, Georgia, but we're also going to serve uh, throughout our state. Uh, we see a, an importance there. 
our country needs to be served, North America, uh, but then to the uttermost parts of the earth, mm-hmm. that being everywhere. Um, and the reason it's set up like that is to say, hey, one place isn't more important than the other right. Um, right. because they all have people. They all have souls. Um, so um, that's why we're, that's why we have that model. And we don't, and we do that with our giving um, that we're not just sending it to the IMB right. we're, or versus we're not just sending it. Uh, we're not just keeping it here as a local church. Right. Uh, we say, Hey, our, our missions is here um, a little further <laughs> into the other most parts of the world. Mm, um, so it's set up that way. Uh, strategically, and again, that's uh, that's just love offering for Jesus in a nutshell. Those are the three offerings that we give to, but then uh, it helps us with so much more as a local church. Um, I mentioned that last week. We're able to give to these three offerings, but we're also to uh, is also helps our people that feel called to go on missions, short term missions. Uh, it helps the cost mm. uh, more affordable. And I didn't mention this last week, but that's not just for. Uh, Westacre's um, trips, like ones that we organize ourselves. We've had other folks in the past that have uh, had an opportunity to go to China or uh, another another place with another church, um, which, you know, we find out we make sure everything's okay, aligned with our, uh, our faith, our um, doctrines, all those things. Um, we want to make sure, hey, if you're going there, you're you're on the same team, right, saying right. the right things. Um, but we'll also support folks to, to do missions that way, yeah. um, which we, we do throughout the years. So it's extremely helpful. I'm enjoying kind of going through this. Uh, you know, it's a kind of different vibe than what we, we've just been having conversations. And so mm-hmm. it's cool to have something to kind of promote what we are about as a church, which is reaching people for the sake of the gospel. And then this is something that is a part of the fabrication of West Acres. And so church members, it's a great opportunity for you to learn um, and see what you're active in as being a member of our body. And so um, any last thoughts we want to add in before we close out? I um, I do. And I hope, <laughs> hope it doesn't add another hour to the show. Um, but we, we did say, you never retire. We yes. talked about Annie and Lottie. Go ahead. Um, but you don't want to keep putting it off either. Um, and I'm saying that to our younger crowd. Um, I had that mindset that um, oh, when yeah, it came yeah, yeah. to um, my faith and especially just being a part of the church that, hey, I'll do that when I get married. I'll do that when I have kids. Um, and I feel like a lot of folks have that mindset. Um, yep. But, but – on the in the area of missions, um, something I wish I would have known I didn't learn until I went to seminary. Uh, International Mission Board they have this thing called the Journeyman Program, and that allows a college graduate mm-hmm. um, to go and serve on the mission field somewhere internationally. They'll they'll send you to language school and all those things. Um, we've we've had someone from our own church do that. They're actually serving right now. Um, it's kind of catapulted. Uh, their life for, for the rest of their life. Mm. But uh, I wish I would have known that. I had two yeah. roommates in seminary. Um, here I am coming uh, straight from college. Uh, I had the Navy, of course, but they said, yeah, I, I was just, I just served two years in Costa Rica or I just, and I was just like, I wish I would have known this um, because, yeah. you know, a lot of folks, even after college, you're, you might not have your career set or you might still be saying to yourself, listen, I went and studied this, but I don't, I'm still not sure what I want to do with the rest of my life. Right. Um, and this is such a great way to serve 
the Lord yep. um, and to serve the IMB. So, uh, again, that's through the International Mission Board, the Journeyman mm. Program. That's um, cool. So uh, I just want to throw it out there because if I would have known about that, who knows? <laughs> I would have done that. I got a ton of my friends <laughs> awesome. that are on the waiting list right now. Oh, wow. College because COVID. Um, so that's a prayer request probably, you know, for sure. But yep. it's a, it is a great program. I know tons of people that have done it. Um, and quite a few of my graduate friends from North Greenville are getting ready to. And you earned, if I'm, if I'm correct, you seminary you, credit. you earned right? seminary credit yeah. serving on the field because oh. you're, you're going to go through language school. Um, you're going to be serving in a cross-cultural context. You're going to know so much more than a classroom can prepare you for. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's one of the best ways to train you for missions. Yeah. So uh, students, if you're here saying, goodness gracious, what I want to do with the rest of my life, I know I want to serve the Lord. Um, Check out another journey. hour of conversation. We, all, we always hear that, hey, I think everybody should serve the country for four years. Hey, everybody should serve the Lord for two years. Or I there mean, you go. Uh, for something like go that. Ahead, but uh sounding like uh, the Mormon church, aren't we? Um, but they do that. They do <laughs> they that, um, which, you know, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, they For the wrong <laughs> theological concepts, but they do. They do have the zeal. They have a good, good organization going. Mm. They do students you know i always tell them hey you should be listening um and so does that mean you're going to go to india um church family i'm not going to india unless god pray for, sovereignly puts pray me on that plane. never say never pray for him family <laughs> it, it will be in god's providence and he'll have to aboard that plane <laughs> put me on that plane it's not happening oh man um, but that's how i'll leave you um i'll go to utah and west virginia again well, that's a good segue because we're talking about mission trips yeah. next week. So I don't, The whole church family doesn't need to know about my health issues. It scares me from no, India, so we'll leave that one there. <laughs> but, uh, hey, we love you. This has been good. Next week we get to dive into uh, some of these mission trips that LOFJ supports that we are a part of, and all three of us have been on one of them or a couple of them or all of them. And so it's gonna, it's going to be a, a good time. So come back, tune in with us next week as we close out the series with uh, bringing in some stories from our own experiences. But until then, uh, go in peace. Shabbat shalom. We'll see you next week.